Pottercast is pleased to be sponsored this week by Alavans.com. At Alavans.com, you'll find authentic solid wood magic wands and broomsticks, as well as a full line of high-quality wizard wear. Keep listening in the show for an announcement during the next break to find out how to get a special Leaky Cauldron community discount at Alavans.com online store. Welcome to another... Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, Earth? The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own, Melissa and Ellie. Hello, Pottercast Pickles. This is Melissa. You're listening to Pottercast number 24. If you've been to LeakyNews.com this week, you'll understand why this podcast has come out just a little bit late. LeakyNews.com, the one of the largest Harry Potter news websites online and the parent site of Pottercast, has just undergone a massive redesign. Uh, not even a redesign, a re-everything. It's an entirely new site. So if you're looking for more Potter info, go check out LeakyNews.com and check out all the great new features over there. Now, since this podcast was recorded before LeakyNews.com was redone, we, um, we won't be talking about it much this week, but we will be talking about all the extra features and everything next week. This week, we have an interview with Nick Ryan, who runs LeakyLounge.com, which last week had its first anniversary of being online. It's Leaky's forums. There are over 30,000 members or near 30,000 members. And, you know, it's rare that we get a chance to sit down and talk with somebody who runs one of the most difficult aspects of this site. They usually just sort of fade into the background, but Nick has a lot of great things to say, so we hope you enjoy that. We have got some great discussion about some new canon information released by none other than J.K. Rowling. And this week is the last... Sadly, the last portion of our interview with Arthur Levine, co-editor of the Harry Potter books. Mr. Levine, as usual, has some great things to say, and you guys have been giving us some great feedback on that, so thanks a lot, and we hope you enjoy it. On to the show. Listening to the news? Again? As if a normal boy cares what's on the news. Hello, everyone. Sue Upton here with a recap of some of the top news in the Harry Potter world this week. On our last program, we told you that author J.K. Rowling will be donating a handwritten item for auction in order to raise funds for Book Aid International. Over the weekend, the Daily Telegraph newspaper ran a preview of this item, and it turned out to be quite a bonus for Harry Potter fans. This item turns out to be none other than the Black Family Tree, which we first learned about, of course, from the tapestry in Grimold Place in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. A portion of the tree was visible in a photograph that was printed in the paper and contained, to our great joy, some new information. We learned of several new members of the Black family with marriages to people whose last names are Longbottom, Crouch, Burke, and yes, there is even a Potter shown listed. For this event, writers who contributed were to incorporate the words between the lines. For JKR's contribution, scans of the newspaper article clearly reveal a handwritten hand-drawn sketch of the Black Family Crest, and underneath are the words, there are many more stories between the lines. Ha! Indeed, indeed, and we want to know them, Joe. All donated items are to be previewed in an open exhibition on February 20th in London, England, and tickets are available for this event with the proceeds going towards charity. The auction will then take place the next night on February 21st. Please click on Leaky News for more information and to see the scans of this very intriguing Black Family Tree. 
Also, our favorite author concluded a trip to Romania to help promote awareness and raise funds for children in Eastern European orphanages. Joe attended a fundraising gala and filmed a clip urging others to help, which was broadcast during a telethon which was aired on Romanian television. You can see many wonderful high-res photos of Joe during this trip, as well as video of Joe's appearance on our website. While she was there, Joe also gave a new interview to the Associated Press where she spoke movingly about her involvement with the new charity group and the effect that meeting some of these children had on her while she was there. Turning to film news now, at the time of this broadcast we have just received some great casting news about the upcoming Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix film. Newsround reports that actor George Harris has been cast in the role of Kingsley Shacklebolt, the auror who works at the Ministry of Magic and is part of the Order of the Phoenix. Mr. Harris was seen in such hit films as Raider of the Lost Ark, Black Hawk Down, and more recently, The Interpreter. The part of young James Potter has also been cast and went to a young actor named Robbie Jarvis. Young James, of course, is seen in the pensive scene when Harry stumbles upon Snape's worst memory during the occupancy lessons. Filming for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is due to begin here shortly in February. In Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire news now, over the weekend it continued its impressive run at the box office, earning enough to move it ahead of Chambers' Secrets and move into 8th spot on the list of all-time grossing films, earning now over the $879 million mark in worldwide box office totals. Wow. Finally, we saw some terrific video of actor Daniel Radcliffe, who presented an award at the South Bank Show Awards. The young actor was very composed, charming, and funny as he stumbled a bit during his presentation, but he went on to finish it in classy fashion. Way to go, Daniel. You can see photos of Daniel and actor Alan Rickman, who wonderfully plays Severus Snape, of course, and Mr. Rickman also attended the event. You can see these photos on our website. Well, for the finest in Harry Potter news on the web, you can find it all at leakynews.com as our website is updated daily. We have a jam-packed show, so let's get right to it. Enjoy the broadcast. Hi guys, welcome to Pottercast. What? what? Twenty-four. 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 We got big news this week, didn't yeah, we? Huge. Yes, we did. Huge. Well, let's explain. Joe Rowling, our gal, is has given another signed item to Book Eight International. Book Eight International. The last time Joe Rowling gave a signed item to benefit Book Eight International, we were all a little bit involved in the outcome. <laughs> She had to yeah, right. She she gave a signed card that had 93 words from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. 93 words about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix to uh, Sotheby's to auction to benefit Bookgate International. And this was two and a half years into the wait for book five, and we were all losing our minds. And so Leaky organized Leaky Inc. and raised all this money to try and get the card for the for the fans. And we lost it. <laughs> but oh. we yeah. gave the money to the charity anyway. Since then... Mm-hmm. We have learned more about Book Eight and what they do, and we just decided that we really, in, we really think their cause is worthwhile. They're preventative. They go into countries, third world countries, and set up libraries, set up um, reading structures so that people can educate their own selves about their own countries and become the leaders of tomorrow in their countries. It's really unique right. and worthwhile cause and so we've stuck with them and over the past three years fans of the site have given over $35,000 to benefit this charity bravo you all Wonderful. are great that's, awesome. that's a lot of burritos yes. right there that's a lot of burritos <laughs> and nice. now Joe has no. donated another item which is as mm-hmm. we've learned what is it Sue it is the black family oh tree gosh. woohoo uh, yes 
folks. There's so much information. If you are a black fan like I am, like Mr. Serious Black. Yes, if you are a serious black fan, yes, there's a lot more information. And everybody has, is asking us. Wait, wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. Before we say another thing, I just have to explain to you all what's going on on my screen right now. As you know, whenever Leaky puts up a high-resolution image, we put it up with ads next to it. Because when you, when 100,000 people are looking at a high-resolution images, it costs us money. So, there are two. Right. there is an ad on either side of the image, and you're never going to guess what it's an ad for. Uh -oh. I have to take a screen grab because it's so amazing. I, I, it's an ad, They're ads for Sirius no. Satellite Radio. Oh my gosh. I swear no to way! <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. Cosmic I'm taking a screen grab right now. We're going to put it up with the show notes. This is bizarre. <laughs> it's cosmic, baby. It's cosmic. I'm telling it's, you. There it's you go. Hilarious. It's meant to be. Well, uh, you, guys, you guys talk about the family tree while I take this screen grab. <laughs> All right. So it's a family oh, tree. Oh, so cool. And it's got the names of, of the people in it. And wasn't there, wasn't there something about like the Potters being in there and the Longbottoms? Yes, and the Crouches and the Burks, oh my as in Morgan and Burks, and and Phineas Nigellus. We learned his wife's name is a Flint. That's a very Marcus small Flint. little world, I guess. The, yeah, I guess it is. Well, all those yeah. pure blood things. Keep you it, know. keep it in the family. Like, <laughs> yes, it's a family <laughs> thing. Da -do -da -do. Okay, we got our we've got our screen grab of of the weirdest. Huh? It's it's that's what they call targeted advertising, folks. <laughs> anyway, there's a so. there's a potter in here. There is, um, there's a long bottom in here. Long bottom. But seriously, she did say mm -hmm. that if you're a pure blood, your family has intermarried somewhere. Well, but yeah, I mean, she's got like some really interesting names, though. I thought the Burke name and the. And I think the what Crouch happened name? is that Joe just ran Crouch, out of Barney names. Crouch? I think those are the only names that she knows. <laughs> so they have to peer everywhere. Somebody has to you buy her like, uh -huh. like one of those books for naming babies with like all their names in it, so she doesn't have to rely on Longbottom all the time. Again, I offer my default John Noe apology. <laughs> it's just a thought. Just putting it out there, Joe, <laughs> if you're hearing. Now, okay, now this is the big thing. One of the names was, and it, it's the R-A, this ties back to the dreaded R-A-B mystery. And how do you say that Arcturus. name? Arcturus. Tunus? Arcturus. Archimedes. Arcturus. Is it? Okay, the R.A.B. mystery. For those who <laughs> are more casual fans than us. A character named R.A.B. is mentioned at the end of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Who he is, or she is, nobody knows. But, a couple of months after the book came out, uh, well, first of all, the, the, in the interview the day after the book that I took part in with Emerson of Mugglenet, we talked about R.A.B. pretty, pretty liberally, pretty freely, and associated, yeah, and associated him with Regulus Black quite a bit. And I, and I, I always got the feeling that we were all just sort of assuming that he was Regulus Black. Now, um, translations have have hinted that it is, in fact, Regulus Black, and some information has come up that suggests that Regulus Black's middle name is Arcturus, which would make oh. him. R.A.B. That's an unfortunate middle name. Yeah, those those middle high school kids can be cruel. I know. I wonder if I wonder if that's what they called them. In Arcturus. That'd be a mouthful. You know what that reminds me of? Um, Artius. Well, the name Artis. Arturo. Artie. I think Artie. I don't know why. That hey Artie, what's that. up, man? Artie, Artie, that's what you call a guy with no arms and no legs hanging on a wall. Yeah, Artie. Art. You don't want me to start on this line of jokes. It <laughs> yeah. never ends. 
A judge with no fingers, just his fingers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you don't. You don't want this to start. Uh, I feel like I'm Jamie. Okay. That one. Oh god. We're gonna get emails okay. from the quadriplegics no. this week. But, so okay, let's go. Let's go back. So this family tree thing. The yeah, they, the lexicon, the Harry Potter lexicon, our esteemed right? partners, the Harry Potter lexicon, have have. Yay, busted butt Steve over there the and mm-hmm. incorporated all that information into their amazing um, site. You can find that link in our show notes. So they have put yes. all this new information into its context. The black family in chronological order. Who connects with whom? What's important to note? It's amazing. Yeah. Who only had first or second degree incest? Yeah. That link is hp-lexicon.org. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Right, all off protest email no. goes to John Noe. No, I actually. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yes. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just noting this now. So Regulus, Regulus Arcturus Black, if that is indeed his middle name, there is an Arcturus, not Regulus, but just plain Arcturus, which who may be his father, or somebody, grandfather, oh. or somewhere. I don't know. That would. would be clever. That'd be very cool. <laughs> that would solve the cliffhanger. See, this is what's really cool to me. She's got those like burn holes. If you guys remember from the Order of the Phoenix and the Tapestry, she ha- there were, Sirius talked about how parts were burned yeah. off, or Harry had noticed it. And on this drawing, she's got the burn yeah. holes. It looked like, but they're numbers, and I'm like. But if you look at this Bulstrode, it looks people? like Harry is pretty closely related to Millicent Bulstrode. <laughs> oh. I mean, it just encloses oh. on the tree because you're looking oh, at Doria and Charles Potter, <laughs> 1920 to 1977. 1977 sounds about the time that that maybe the Powder family's parents died, but yeah. Joe did say that the the a wizarding illness took James's parents, and that they were elderly. Mm. That would mean they'd be more than 57 years right. old. A wizarding illness? A wizarding illness, mm-hmm. yes. I guess it would be like, what I don't know, a cancer for wizards. Illness? What is that? Or, or sort of like heart failure for know. wizards. Natural causes for wizards. I don't know what that is. That's crazy. But see, it looked. But it, there's nothing further after yeah. that, though. That, so I think it's they're like maybe an uncle. Yeah. I'm thinking that those. And they died relatively and young, and during think, during the second during the first Voldemort there, War, you know? 1977. That's right. The, the smack of it, the thick of it. Yeah. Mm. So maybe. Hmm. Yeah, maybe Voldemort killed him. We don't know. I don't know. Okay, don't know, let's. I let's explain to everybody why we're not going to be buying the paper. Excuse me. We're not going to be buying this piece of paper because there's a very different situation Whoa, happening we got of these money, days. Don't we? What? Yeah, yeah. What what happened in 2002 was amazing. Yeah. It was a, a singular moment in Harry Potter history. Singular it never moment. Again. We were all. It's not that it will never happen again, but we were all so desperate for for news. That's partly what what no. fueled the incredible amount of money we were raised and I just I just it's not going to work this time do you, do you know what I mean um, plus it's only been six months since a book really it seems like it's or a year seven months and I know it's only been six or seven months we know that, that she's going to she's going to come out with this book nobody's okay so are we going to see this do you think though in that um, preview because they're doing the preview the night before the auction do you think that they will I, I huh. haven't we already seen it? What are we? What's the? What's We've the only here? seen parts of it. Well, what could be left? I can't imagine that it would go for the same amount of money if it, if oh, all of it was public true. knowledge. 
No, I think there's probably nothing left interesting in there. Hell, she put the Potters no, in there and the Longbottoms. How many other names no. are going to be in there? The Malfoys? Who and knows what else is in there? There are many stories between the lines. Yeah, you bet, babe. When we want to know what they oh. are. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's what the books no, are for. No, 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 no. But this is like a lot of the backstory <laughs> stuff. I mean, you know, the... the what, what I find interesting is that her crest, the crest, the black family crest, is has Woof. dogs mm, on it. Uh-huh. It's not just Sirius that represents right. that has a dog. It's in interesting. Yeah. Maybe it's hereditary. It's hereditary. Hereditary animagus. Yeah. Is that it? Is that a possibility? Yeah. Well, we you can't pick which animal you turn into. It's just kind of inside of you. Maybe that's hereditary. Huh. Mm-hmm. But then again, dogs are supposed yeah. to be fairly loyal. Are all the blacks loyal? I think maybe very few of them. Right. Well, they're loyal to Voldemort. I learned actually in um, <laughs> art history class that dogs also symbolize fertility. Hmm. Ah. Are they very fertile, though? Don't they need to... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, th- so it's a really fascinating document. Okay, anyway, the next, next topic. topic. <laughs> Let's turn to film news. We have big film news, casting news for Order of the Phoenix. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Mungdungus Fletcher. <laughs> no. No. I would love to. I love. No? I, uh, I love Dung. He's one of my favorite. But that's not who we're talking about. Talking. Okay. Yeah. We are talking about Mr. Kingsley Shackleton. Oh yeah, that guy. Jesse oh. Martin. No. Yay! <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, the singing. How or. sad it's Melissa that it's not Jesse Martin. That would be. Cool. Anyway, no, it's Was George it for the Harris. Uh, no, he's American. You dope. Yeah. Oh, he can act. Wow. Well, yeah, but he's yeah, got the wrong he's American. Country. That that only applies to the kids, I thought. No. No, it's to everybody. So actor George Harris, who has been in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Black Uh Hawk Down. He'll be excellent, I'm sure. Very good. But that they are filming, that they are including Kingsley Shacklebolt signifies a lot of enforcement ministry Mm -hmm. scenes. And what can we think of that includes that? Battle time, baby. Yeah. In Order of the Phoenix. We're talking Dumbledore's office. Yep. There we're, better be some Dumbledore's office. We're talking that scene of the right. Ministry where the search for Sirius Black that's, goes that's on. That's my favorite part of the whole series. What? Those chapters and then leading up to the Dumbledore-Voldemort yeah. fight. What? The Dumbledore scene when he gets arrested is probably my oh, favorite. Oh, yeah, that's it's pretty awesome. cool, too. <laughs> Everything. Because Dumbledore... Dumbledore in his most supreme badassness. <sighs> he's all like... So great. Yeah, you put me in that jail, I'll just be like, later, later Dementors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> later, Dementors. Seriously, a lot of people have been saying, oh, whatever, Gandalf is better than, than Dumbledore. Yeah, Gandalf! Whatever. Was, and the only magic he could do was light up his staff against those black <laughs> birds. But that scene, uh, I, I think, just gave you. it to Dumbledore hands down yeah. forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's great. It's awesome. You know, this is kind of an odd thing, but we're talking about Kingsley and the ministry. I know it sounds stupid, but I really hope that they show that map of like where all the sightings of Sirius Black all around the world. Just like the Me too. little dorky things. I just think it would be really cool to see. I don't know. No, those things are great. They are. I just add to it. Yeah. But the other casting news, too, is really great. I think for a lot of fans are encouraged to hear this, that young James Potter has also been cast. Which means... No. The pensive scene. Snape's worst memory. Yes! Scene. Woohoo! Snape's worst memory means Harry will be going, quote-unquote, back in time to see the Marauders as young people. I heard that they uh, casted uh, Lohan as uh, a young... Uh, no. Harry's mama. <laughs> yeah, and Paris Hilton was cast as Luna, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, totally, dude. <laughs> Can you imagine the money that film would make? Like, oh my God! It's a Will it <laughs> 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 it's, 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 
hitting her funny flakes this week. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, it's a snorkel. That's hot. <laughs> you know, she'd be really into the designer jewelry, you know, got the radish things going on, the butterbeer caps. There you go. Oh, dear God. Yeah. <sighs> she'd take out her um, uh, sidekick at Hogwarts and be all yeah. pissed off that it's not working. And Harry would hack it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh dear goodness! No, there was no news on Luna Luna Longbottom. Luna yes. Longbottom. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> John. Oh no! I'm eating Luna macaroni and cheese. Luna right love now. good. Oh no! Yeah. John, you've poisoned my brain. I poison everybody. <laughs> anyway, what else have we got? What has been going on this week? We had our first anniversary of LeakyLounge.com. Yeah, the Leaky Lounge, which is what this whole show was almost about. Almost, but then Nick... Except for this 20 minutes of rambling. Well, Nick is in the fan interview, so you're going to hear plenty from Nick, who started... Oh, we were supposed to call him tonight. (laughs) Well, we were, but then we found out that he's in the fan interview, so so that's that's Nick's... Star turn on Pottercast, he's going to tell you all about... Let me tell you, Nick Nick is one of the... All of the, the staff at Leaky is wonderful, but... There are a, bu- a core bunch of people working at the at the the hardest level at the site that w- it just could not happen without these people and Nick for for everybody's own special reasons and talents and whatever Nick is one of these people um he literally came to me a year ago with or maybe a year and a couple months ago with like a f- 20 page proposal about a forum and how we needed to have one at Leaky and why it would be good etc um that was single-handedly, almost single-handedly responsible for us needing to get a new server <laughs> because it was yeah. so popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah, had almost 30,000 sign-ups over the past year, over half a million posts, which for a first year of a forum is unbelievable. Yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of people yeah. in there. Most of the forums have been yeah. going for four or five years, and I think at most have double. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't really go follow. But, you know, so yeah. we're just... I'm just really... Amazed, and not only at that, at that with that with that high quantity of people, I can still go in there and enjoy the conversations. <laughs> it hasn't degenerated yeah. into a babble fest or a chat. The moderators keep no. it friendly and warm. And if you read the leaking memories thread, which somebody put up for the day that we had the big birthday party in the lounge, people, everybody coming onto the thread talking about how they were on so many other forums, but they came to the leaky lounge. People were so welcoming and, and, and helpful, and it's so mm-hmm. great, and it helped them through a lonely time, and it's just a, a really special. Yeah. It is. It is. I and mean, a lot some... of... Sorry. So no, I go was, ahead. I was just about to say, you know, a lot of forums is like being in the middle of a muggle cast is oh. that, you know... Everything's so hey, Sue? You know, cluttered around. It. You have to have yeah. to rewind every few minutes. Hey Sue, next time the inclination, on. next time it becomes between you and John, and and one of you is fighting to speak, yeah. it's gonna be you. It's gonna be Sue. Sue all the time. Okay. Okay. That's my law okay. now. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a law. Uh, Got my coffee. Anyway. But the forum, really, if you haven't checked it out, please do. It's very welcome. There's so many different variety of of different. Uh, you can talk about the books. You can talk about deeper uh, philosophy uh, theories on the books, or you can just talk about shipping. We even have shipping. We have. I can go in there and talk about us. There's a yeah. big podcast area yeah. too. We have so many great, different, diverse. We have regular literature. We have teachers form. We have parents. We also just have fun talks. So there's stuff for everybody. It's hey, speaking of um, mm-hmm. podcast chatter, 
There is podcastfans.com yes, no. is our fan listing, which is run by Shannon, very nice girl who decided that we needed a fan listing. She's yes. now started a forum. So now there are now there are now oh, two good. big podcast forums where you can go and and chat. So pick one that makes oh, you feel yes. comfy and hang out. Or go to both. Or, yeah, you know, do both. You do, do what, both. you do what you want. There's yeah. a big internet out there. <laughs> You don't, you don't need to make Plenty any of room to talk about John Noe everywhere you want to. Yeah, you can talk about me wherever you want. You can go over to Mugglecast fan That's chat. That's all we do over there anyway. Me. You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. Everybody, it's all they do is talk about John. It's, 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 it's between me, Kevin, and Micah is pretty much dominate the conversation. <laughs> and Eric. And Eric, yeah. And, oh, and Eric, yes. Eric. Pretty much everybody except Andrew and Ben. So, and while you're doing Whoa. that, while you're talking, Brent. I, I gotta, okay, mm-hmm. I gotta say, what? Everything is cleared and it's a new slate on Podcast Alley. Oh, yeah, Podcast, Podcast Alley. Alley. Woohoo! I didn't know that we were Neither still in there anymore. Did you know, I. I, <laughs> it was so funny. I went there the other day and it's like I forgot we had a podcast. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people forgot we had a podcast. It's kind uh, of, I thought maybe something broke. That's but okay. what, 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 what amuses me. Is that over the past week there have been? Let me think. Five hundred, over thirty-five hundred posts about what fifty-five is. Thirty-five hundred yeah. posts. Yeah. And are you kidding? That has many? Gone over and done Whoa! The voting thing. I'm disappointed, guys. <laughs> are we done? Are we ready to go to our show? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, guys. We have a fantastical show coming. We have. Oh my gosh. Nicholas Rain in the fan interview with Doris. Yay! Nikki R and Biggie D. More Arthur Levine. You guys have been loving it so far, so we're excited about Arthur it. Arthur Levine, the last, it's part, the last part. Arthur Levine, number That's it? three. Last, the last 25, 25 minutes. minutes. That's all there is. That's all oh, she wrote. Oh, goodbye, Arthur. It's been fun. What happened was she spilled her coffee on him <laughs> and he got all pissed off, so he left after the 25 minutes. Actually, it happened at the very, very beginning. Great way to start an interview. That's what they tell you in journalism school. You sit down with your interview subjects, get them comfy, break the ice, break the ice spill your coffee on them. It works every time. Okay. Later, boys and girls. In the fan corner, a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week. Not me, not Hermione, you. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Fan Corner. This is Doris Herman, and today I'm here interviewing Nick Ryan from Leaky Lounge. Hi, Nick. Hey, Doris. And it seems kind of odd to be interviewing Nick, but today, since it is the uh, birthday of the forum, we decided to, I'm going to interview Nick and talk a little bit about where the forum started and where it's going and what we can maybe expect in the future. And in the end, we'll give Nick a little quiz on his own forum and see how much he actually knows about uh, this little place he calls home. (laughs) So, Nick, why don't you give everybody kind of a quick little synopsis of how the forum got started? Well, the forum got started in November 2004 when a friend convinced me that it would just be basically a really great idea if I started my own forum. And (laughs) I'd kind of been contemplating the idea myself ahead of time. And thankfully, they did convince me. And I worked up the nerve to email Melissa about it. She seemed uh, pretty interested and I had emailed her maybe a two-paragraph email, and uh, once she seemed interested, she said, you know, go ahead, send along whatever else you got. So I sent her 12 pages of outlining all of the information, as well as an email that was like 
goodness knows, 12 paragraphs long. Um, <laughs> I think I kind of wowed her with that. Um, and once she kind of saw the the amount of detail that I put into it, and she saw that I'd actually created like a a forum on um, on a free you know hosting thing, and and uh, created all the individual forums and wrote descriptions for them all and so forth, and and yeah, I mean I just I guess impressed her with numbers, <laughs> with sheer volume of stuff, <laughs> and uh, you know never looked back since. It was pretty pretty darn awesome to be accepted on the staff, and then. Um, in January 2005, when we were just kind of on our own, it was really great to uh, be working just with the moderators and the admins. It was really cool to just be kind of on the on the inside of this huge thing, on this this forum that only we can see, and to be able to look out on all the fans and be planning this thing. It was just so cool. It was just very cool. And, you know, at first we're all just kind of sitting there, staring at the forum, refreshing every five seconds to see if anybody's come in yet. And, you know, maybe one or two people pop in, and then five people, and then 50 people. And sooner than you'd think, we had a couple hundred people online eventually. I think that was actually by the next day. It was just this massive influx of people. And, and you just wonder where these people come from. Because when you're, when you're posting on Leaky, you don't realize it, but there are so many people that read this site. It's, it's pretty astounding. And so we had... I think 2,000 people after one day of the forum being opening. And, you know, we were thinking that we'd, we'd essentially have to be like the forum police, as I think Melissa coined the term, or used the term, um, the forum cops. You know, we kind of have to clean up after people and argue with them all the time about who's right and who's wrong. And, you know, I mean, we, we hope for the best, but we expected the worst. And when we opened the forum, it was it was pretty amazing that our members were actually very very self-contained or not self-contained, self-controlled, and they showed mm-hmm. restraint. <laughs> Fancy that, and that they just seemed to want to be there in order to talk with one another, just to to have these intelligent discussions. And in fact, some of them even asked, like, "Can we have more forums that are skewed towards intelligent discussions?" And that, that was the birth of our obscurest books forum. You know, people people wanted to do this. They didn't want to cause havoc. They didn't want to bully each other or flame each other or whatever. It was really great. And so even though we had five moderators, which is, I mean, if you look around any Harry Potter forum now that has more than 100 people, you'd never find one with only five moderators. We had 2,000 after the first day. And so we thought we were going to be really overwhelmed. But in fact, people kind of took care of themselves. And it was really great. And it's really great to be a part of a community where people people genuinely want to invest themselves in the forum. Well, you talked about um, people coming up with ideas for Obscurus. What other ideas have maybe your members or even your staff members given you that you've kind of already implemented or you're implementing in the future? Well, one of the one of the coolest things, in my in my personal opinion, that uh, we've come up with in our room requirement forum probably has to be the reading groups because I know that people have just been absolutely embraced them when they came out for Half-Blood Prince in July and and just flooded into there. They love them. And, of course, in October, you know, we were trying to, like, gear up for Goblet of Fire, like, okay, guys, time to go. And they were, like, clawing tooth and nail desperately to stay in there. People loved them. And yeah, I was just so impressed. That was one of my favorite parts, too. By, I, I really loved that. Yeah, and just impressed by our members, because so much of that was member-run. Because the moderators guided the groups, but, you know, if the members don't, don't act mature and responsible, then it's not going to work. But thankfully, the members loved it, and they just 
kind of, you know, took care of themselves. They're very mature, very responsible. So it was just an amazing experience for everybody. For the future, we have uh, several plans like, again, the reading groups are going to have a reprisal. Uh, we're going to be creating a new forum for our essay project um, in order to discuss the individual essays, uh, which will actually be led by members of the essay project staff. And they will they'll be able to create threads for things such as comparing two essays against each other or even comparing an essay against uh, an another essay in an actual, you know, published book, things like that, uh, which ought to be really fascinating. I know that one of the biggest things that you guys love is events. So, yeah, we're definitely planning on having many more events like Halloween, like April Fool's, like we did for July 16th, and for the opening of the forum, as I said, because we know that you guys love to, you know, see Peeves blowing raspberries at you or, <sighs> you know. Peeves is so funny. I, I, You know what I love the most, though, is that... Because, you know, believe it or not, the staff members get to be peeves. And they do? Yeah, I know. Yeah, but you don't I get didn't to be know peeves. That. Yeah, you can't yeah. be peeves though. It has to be, you know, those of us who are funny. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but when um when we get to be peeves, it's like people are, you know, oh, throw poo at me. You know, it's so funny. Staying there with outstretched arms, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And um yeah, it is amazing and, and even though we have you know, we send in more characters to, like, take care of Peeves, <laughs> send in the Bloody Baron and so forth. I mean, people just get into it. I love it. And I love the fact that that our members and staff can engage with, you, with each other on a level that's more as equals like that on those special days, instead of just always being superior and inferior or staff and member. You know, it, it, they can just be people. They can just have fun. I love that about our events, that people can just cut loose like that yeah. you don't have to worry well and I think one of the best things about the forum too are the friendships and not not. I, I like the whole posting I mean that of course that draws you in but god yeah the people here are just friends mm -hmm. staff members are friends with members and I mean it's just cool it really is neat absolutely and and the fact that it, it's it even goes beyond that in my opinion It, yeah. as I say people invest themselves in the forum to the point where it's not that they're just friends so much as it's almost like an extended family because you see many forums out there where people are acquaintances or they're friends or, you know, dare I say, classmates or something, you know. But you, you find so few of them where it's such a tight-knit community and where the relationships are really genuine like this. And I feel like we just have something special here. Okay. Well, um, there was one little game on the lounge today that, <laughs> you know, you're going to get to do, Great. and you're going to get to take the lounge trivia. Uh oh Well, we'll start with some easy ones. Um, what is your nickname? Okay. My nickname on the comments, Scabbers. The second question for the members was how many different versions of our banner have we had and what were they? But for you, um, I want you to tell me what they are, and I want you to tell me who the graphic designer was that did the design of that particular Ooh. banner. So, yes, you get a harder one. You get the AP questions. Our original banner. That we, that we use on non-events was designed by John Noe mm -hmm. back in January 2004. Um, we had a special one for April Fools, also done by John Noe with uh, Leaky Lou, if I remember right, <laughs> instead of Leaky Lounge. Uh, we had for Halloween, we had one designed by, I believe that was Anguinia. Yes? No. <laughs> no, crap. You're wrong. Yeah, I got you. Oh. Yeah, I'm terrible. Is that Kimmy Blair? There no, there were two. Kimmy wasn't on staff yet. There were two banners for Halloween, actually. McConney. McConney did one, yeah. And Jack Dorr did the other one. Jack Dorr. That's who did it. Okay. Ha! Huh, I got you. Guys, I did y'all hear that? He was wrong. Oh, I don't okay, know. Okay, go on. Next one. 
And then Christmas. Christmas was by Anguinia. My birthday during the summer was by Jackdaw. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Alex. Oh yeah, G H Alex. Okay. And then Melissa's birthday was also by G H Alex, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And the one that we have up now, our birthday banner. Oh, uh, was designed by Anguinia. Okay. What color are the flu team pips? Green, like violent retching green. <laughs> they insisted. Now I fall. <laughs> what was the first shirt that the members of the Leaky Lounge helped design? Ooh, that would be the I Solemnly Swear shirt. How many shri- shipping threads have there been? Let's see. The one I deleted, the one I moved, the one I erased. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> the one I wish I deleted. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I'm proud to know that I don't know. <laughs> so hopefully that wins me some points. I don't know. At this exact moment in time, there have been 11. Okay, uh, the next question for members is, what is Melissa's nickname? She has more than one. You have to tell me both of them. Ooh. Well, I know that we gave her Mozzanelli, mm-hmm. mozzarella, and an Ellie, and uh, we made her a nice <laughs> Mozzanelli ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that everyone calls her M or Mel or Melly or Melis. I can't remember the other nickname. The Big Cheese. God. The Big you Cheese? Just, oh, you were man. just failing. I mean, and I'm, I'm a rat, de- too. I mean, yeah, you think I, I would know this sort of thing. You should know. You should know. Yeah. I mean, if your boss is cheese, you think you would know that. <laughs> okay. John Noe's nickname. Uh, burrito Boy. Burrito Boy. Yeah. I like that one. Flying Burrito Brothers. <laughs> what is the name of the Warner Brothers staff member we have here? Isla. Isla King. Yeah. She's rocks. How many teachers do you have on staff? And, oh, you have to include L's now. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Well, to begin with, this is a trick question, but we have a handful of librarians. We have two and a half mods who are teachers. And Wait, wait, who's the half a mod? <laughs> um, well, Red Siren is a, is a substitute teacher, so I don't, I'm not sure if that, that Oh, works. they have a harder job than the regular teachers. Well, yeah, that's oh, yeah. true, actually. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. envy them. But, um, so two plus two and a half plus a handful equals... <laughs> a bunch. <laughs> exactly. I a thought you were good handful. at math. Okay, Melissa's favorite drink. Ooh, okay, coffee. Which forum moderator is also known as the birthday fairy? Lily, the Lily. Australian birthday fairy. Yay, she wrote Lily. our birthday PMs. She did. She's awesome. Who designed the chamber of chat? Carl Leiden. What is the special job that the elves do for Leaky? transcription of the podcast. Yes, they do. They that work hard. Yes, 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 yes. What is the only game allowed here on the forum? Harry Potter trivia and Butterbeer Manter. Okay. And the way I know that is I'm the one who allowed it. Well, you kind of have to do the live or die segment now. Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Okay, you know how this goes. So, Remus Lupin. Remus Lupin will live because he's too much of a good guy, and I think if Joe's going to kill off any good guys, it's going to be probably just one Okay, Wormtail. Okay, Wormtail is going to live because I think that he's not going to have enough of a role to play where he can actually be in on the action. So I think in order to, like, finish off the theme idea with him and, like, redemption, J.K. Rowling's going to kind of, like, drag him in to, like, a scene and be like, Hey, look, there's Wormtail. Oh, look, he's redeeming himself. Look, he killed some bad guys so Harry could keep going in order to get to Voldemort. Malfoy, Draco Malfoy. Malfoy is going to live. Neville. Oh, Neville's going to live. I mean, uh, no. There's no way that that 
No. I mean, like, he's, he's too innocent. There's no way. Ron. Ron probably is going to live. Hermione. Hermione's not going to die because she's A, too smart, B, too good-looking, at least in the movies, and... <laughs> oh, and oh, oh, and that's going to matter to Joe? Can that's right, yeah, yeah. Okay, what about Ginny? Uh, Ginny's not going to die because she's just not really a major enough character. Voldemort. Voldemort will die. Point blank, going to die. No two ways about it. Harry? Um, Harry's going to live because he's the hero and the heroes never die. Do you have any last things that you would like to say? Last requests? Um, <laughs> last just, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just would like to say that it's been really amazing to work on the lounge for as long as I have, and I've just been so impressed with the members, I've been so impressed with the staff, um, and I've, I'm just really grateful for the amount of love for the form that you guys have, and for how much you put in, because as much as you put in is as much as I take out of it, and man, I've taken a lot out of it, so... You guys have just been awesome, and I look forward to spending another, you know, year or however long I can working with the forum. Well, thanks a lot, Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening to the Fiend interview, and uh, just pop on into the forum and see what's happening in there, and and uh, spend some time chatting with everyone, and give us your favorite theory ideas. You guys have a great afternoon and a wonderful leaky day. And now, straight from the Leaky Lounge, this week's Modcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Modcast. This is Doris Herman, and I'm coming to you from a beautiful sunny day here in Texas. Um, We're here today to talk about Leaky Lounge because we just had a wonderful birthday celebration. With me today are two of our moderators. Kim? Oh, it's the highly and amazingly creatively titled Kim M. Parker when these days we'll come up with a new name. And we have a new mod with us. Hi there. It's uh, Mini-Me or Stacy. So uh, first off, since we had fun yesterday, some of us were online far too much. <laughs> Who are you talking about, Kim? <laughs> oh, Stacy. Stacy, were you online too much? Yeah. Some of us the computer hates. But anyways. Um, <laughs> it was, I was on all day yesterday. <laughs> yes, and definitely letting out the inner poltergeist. <laughs> yeah. Some people got dumped with butterbeer. That's like the coolest thing. I'm sorry. You know, there is nothing more fun than to be peeves. I don't know. It, it just is too much I know. Fun. It was so much fun. Uh, I think I um, locked Guru in a um, vanishing cabinet. I uh, tied Mrs. Brimsey to a uh, the Whomping Willow. It was lots of fun. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's interesting also flipping through everybody's memories of the last year. Because wow. I can't believe it's only been a year. You know, it, it was really funny because I look at that and I went between hysterical laughing and crying and crying because things were so touching. It was, um, that, that was just the coolest thread. To, and, and when I started it, I remember thinking, nobody's going to post in this. And, and like, you know, this is just going to be us with our memories, and then other people are going to read them and go, ah, and then they're going to go on their own way. But, but to read what everybody else had to say or what they thought was really cool. I know. And yet nobody else, nobody else enjoyed my memories as much as I did. You know, I know other people did, and I had a lot of fun the night of the question marks for the few days of the question marks. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Potter party. <laughs> well, the question marks, um, Nick and I were talking about this last night, and the, qu the question marks started the first time when the lounge opened. So they're kind of a lounge-exclusive mm -hmm. um, idea. And that particular night when the lounge opened, I can remember, um, and this was so funny because there were like like the marauding dawn and and um, and Nick and you know some of the people that you saw in the comments all the time were, were commenting and going back and forth but people that you never knew or you hadn't seen in the comments were suddenly you know the comments on Linky were suddenly making all these comments mm -hmm. and saying things and it was like wow you know these people seem really interesting and very cool and then when you get on the lounge and you have a whole year to really cultivate mm -hmm. thoughts and get to know them and get to know how they think and how they feel about things yeah um, it's just amazing. I mean, it really is. The, the people, the memories, and yeah, it's been a year. That's like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and if you had told me a year ago some of the things we'd uh, get done this year, I just never would have believed you. I know. I know. It's been amazing, not just because we did stuff. I mean, standing in line in New York for the book release, going and in, in interviewing Mary Grand Prix, even if no one else has ever seen that interview. <laughs> um. <laughs> the other trip to New York. I mean, that kind of stuff. But also just, we've made, I mean, I know I have some amazing friends to this place. That's that's the thing that really got me on the memories thread was all the people that said, oh, I've made all these friends. I've made all these friends. And it's true. I mean, mm -hmm. how can you not be make friends when you've spent all this time talking to somebody online about, you know, how much you hate Snape or, you know, who's shipping who or whatever. <laughs> hey, we so. love Snape. We're, we're Snape. No, we don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm with Don on okay, this one. All right. Okay. You, all right. All right. <laughs> no. Okay. You, and, you love Snape. <laughs> I, yeah. I, okay. Well, I, well, like I love Snape. <laughs> um, yeah. And speaking of the lounge, can we please stop hiring Slytherins? I am not a Slytherin. <laughs> we're gonna have to start exterminating. We're gonna have to start exterminating. No stuff. way. <laughs> no way. We need more Slytherins so we can take over. <laughs> You know, one thing that was another thing that was really cool yesterday was, uh, believe it or not, that, um, that I absolutely loved was the trivia thread because we started out, we tried to start things later in the, you know, throughout the day and we got to the trivia thread and Sue and I, it was so funny, Sue's like, okay, what question should we come up with? And I'm like, well, it has to be something we can answer. And, and we started going through threads and looking at avatars and looking at what people did and it was amazing how many people there are in the lounge that we know so much about, you know, we knew people's mm -hmm. professions uh. and, and people who aren't, you know, on the, the staff, but people who've just been around and we've gotten to know them on such a, a, a really incredibly personal level. It's, it's amazing. Okay, so, Hey, I have a question. What are, what are y'all's um, like favorite parts of the lounge to hang out in? But, you know, not so much as moderators, <laughs> but as members. Would it be uh, in the back room where I'm allowed to be bad okay. where no one can okay, see okay. <laughs> The part of the forum that everybody can see, Kim. Not the bad places. You mean the part where I have to be good? Well, yeah, I'm ornery even in the places that everybody can see. So, yeah, I like the Snape's loyalty thread. I like to make people mad in there. I love the shipping thread because I used to make lots of people mad in there. But my favorite is definitely the alchemy thread. I, I really love that one. Yeah. Reading Obscurus. I don't know. That's it's awesome. been so long since because oh, of, on, of everything where I've been able to have fun in my in my reading group because they were just crazy. I loved actually my all time favorite thread and it doesn't exist anymore. My all time favorite thread is was the room of requirement reading groups planning thread back in the very beginning. It does we it bugging. does exist. It does exist. It's just hard you have to dig it up. Yeah. 
all 60 or 70 some odd pages of us rambling and trying to get the brainstorming for those original reading groups done. But it was a great thread because it was where I got to know everybody. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that was, um, of all my moments, and I, I couldn't list just one, but really that, that entire, you know, Nick saying, hey, I took this education class, and they had this thing like small reading groups. What would y'all think about doing that for Half-Blood Prince? And 70 pages later, uh, you know, we had the Half-Blood Prince reading group, and, and we had a practice group of, of, I think, 50 of us. And that practice group is um, pretty much just set the standard for the Half-Blood Prince reading groups. Three um, forum staff members got together and planned the actual Half-Blood Prince reading groups with the information from those reading group participants. And then we had the vaults and the sorting and, and all the different yeah. focus groups. And, and, you know, that was such a huge thing for the lounge to do. And, and the thing I liked most about that is that was one of those times where we set a standard that was so much higher no than one anybody else. Did else. It. You know, there are other reading groups on um, other forums, but nothing like that. Nothing mm -hmm. like that yeah. exists. And now trying to get the new one started and doing the same thing, it's actually been kind of fun peeking into the current reading group brainstorming thread and watching them do the same thing that we had done originally to some degree. You know, they have this guidelines and they know it has, they knew it had to be like the original reading groups and what it would be, but it's the same thing happening. It's the same group of people over and over again talking that have gotten to know each other and have become friends and are, you know, we're going to take what they did to bring it into our reading groups for um, the new year and looking at some of the other books. I'm so excited about those reading groups. And one of the cool things about doing stuff like that isn't so much that it's planned by, by you know, members, though that is cool too, but those members take sort of ownership of that mm -hmm. process. They're, they're pretty much thinking okay, I work so hard to make this a reality that there is no way that this is not going to be successful. And and if you saw, like, in the Half-Blood Prince reading groups, you know, Rune Witt, who was in our practice group, Avrika, who was in our practice group, they were they were there. They were, they were posting. They were mm -hmm. asking questions. They were encouraging people, go join, go join. And and it's, it's things like that that you don't even think about afterwards that – that really made it so special because we all became owners of this thing. Mm -hmm. And and this thing doesn't really exist, you know, but it, but it is a thing that's on the Internet that, that we had such a huge part of. Oh, God, it was such a, like, goosebumps. It was just, like, awesome. <laughs> I, I just loved it. But the lounge in general is, is yeah. does that as well. I mean, people, this is their home away from home. Some of us check it way far too, too often <laughs> during the work day and pop in whenever we can, and it's, it's everybody's little home. I wrote this in my in my blog yesterday that that the lounge was kind of like a, a box, like a brown box. You know how when you're a kid you get the box and the box is really the cool thing, and and that's what that's what the lounge reminds me of. It's like this really cool thing, and we all get in it and we make it what we want it to be, but it's just like this really cool yeah. thing. It's, it's the that people that's funny. inside that really make it. It really is, you know, just spending time with these people and there's so many intelligent people and fun people and uh, you go from one thread to another and you can find everything, you know, you can find somebody to laugh with, you can find somebody to talk, you know, alchemy with, which who understands that, you know, Arian, she's the only one that understands that, but Oh, I you know, love that's alchemy. Pretty awesome. I teach that in my class. Okay, I don't. I that's. I'm sorry. It's Everyone science. Knows How could you not like it? If it's it's over stretching. It's over analyzing. Oh, I love it. It is oh, reading way too one. much into the book. And box. you don't like Snape, so you know. I cares? hate Snape, but we knew that already. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate Snape too. But <laughs> on I that note, alchemy. before people start throwing rotten <laughs> eggs at me, <laughs> let's oh. wrap it up. Um, 
there are lots and lots of threads, lots and lots of fun things that everybody can find on the lounge where they can find their friends and find lots of interesting topics to discuss and people to discuss them with. Uh, and on that note, for Doris and for Stacy, this is Kim saying good night. Good night. Bye, everybody. If you haven't been over to Alavance.com, be sure to check out their line of solid wood magic wands and authentic clothing. As our sponsors this week, Alavance.com are offering the Leaky Cauldron podcast listeners a 10% discount. You can pick up the coupon at coupons.blastpodcast.com. It's good for use on all Alavance merchandise. Alavance.com for your spellwork needs. Time to put on our extendable ears. Listen in on Potter Talk from the people making the magic. Well, that's another question people had is how much do you know about book seven? Are you at the same slate as we are, are now or do you know the full arc of the story? And someone suggested that if the answer is that you know the full arc of the story, it's time for me to break out the Verita theorem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I... By the very nature of this editorial process that we're talking about, I'm sure I know more than the the average mm-hmm. reader because you know I'll be asking questions all along as I as I have since book one. You know there are things that I I, I have said and I, I'm going to try to give you an example without giving up. You know, being intrusive, right. just generically, I might ask a question like, "Oh, you know, I've noticed this in." Book one and book two. You know, why is this so? And Joe might answer, well, what about you say, you know, do you think, as a reader, I'm really looking for an explanation here? And so, some, so Joe has the option, as the, an author, to say, oh, that's great to know that you're confused. I don't want you to be confused there. So I'm going to explain it this way and make a change. However, she also has the option of saying, it's fine for you to be confused. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm happy. I want you to be. I want you to be confused, or I'm perfectly comfortable with your being confused because in book six, right, la, la, yeah. Or you know, so now I, I have many of those answers. Like, oh, man, this is you know, this is why she did that. Yeah. Um, so there are some things that are probably you know just by inference. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not going to find that out until. Seven. Yeah. But I know I'm going to find out. <laughs> yeah. So that's, though, you know, readers at least, the readers probably, the fans that are listening to this are of a sort that have read the book so carefully that they probably can come up with, you know, at this point, as almost as good guesses as I have, because they know what remains to be. There's only it's one book left, and they know, the fans know what remains to be seen. So they can probably guess almost as well as I. Has there been anything where you said, what's the reason behind this? It's like, no, 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 I'm not going to spoil the surprise for you. Or you pretty much get those answers when you ask for them. No, no, she she, she tells me only when she wants to, <laughs> or when it's germane. Right. So I absolutely could get an answer of, um, you'll find that out later. Interesting. What are the things that you're most looking forward to finding out? Well, I want to know... I mean, I want to know what happens to everyone. You know, I want to know what happens to Hogwarts. You know, I'm really concerned. 
I want, of course, I want to know what happens to Harry. You know, what, what, where does his life point at the end? Um, and uh, you know, and uh, obviously, uh, the same goes for Ron and her, you know, all of the. I mean, I love these characters. I want to know what. I want to know. I want to know if they'll be okay. Um, I want to know what happens to Lupin. <laughs> I love Lupin. He's one of my favorites. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious how, how uh, the whole suggested connection between Harry and Voldemort is resolved. And I mean, uh, you know, all of these things. Yeah. I can't. I'm dying of curiosity. Yeah. But you know, also I have to say that I'm like I don't. You know, I'm terrified of getting this manuscript. It's the last one. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, you know, up till now, it's just been, well, there's more, there's more coming, you know. But it's like, you know, you have, there's this very, very delicious meal, and you're com- coming up on dessert. Yeah. Good I, bet it's gonna, I know it's going to be a great dessert. <laughs> spectacular dessert. Um, and it'll be sweet. But it's almost over. It'll be gone. Yeah. So that's that's hard. I mean, the same thing is true of, of the individual books. I find you know you, you're reading through and you're like, oh man, I so want to know what happens next. But you look you look you know you're looking a few pages down and you see, oh my god, I only have X number of pages left. Yeah. <laughs> I almost love it. Yeah, almost. That is, no, no, it's almost <laughs> over. Yeah, seriously. That is the exact fan reaction. Because yeah. you're going, you're going, you're going, and then you, you're you just thinking, no, you know. And so specifically with book six in Scotland, we were under such time pressure to finish, and I was thinking to myself, oh, it's so sad, in ten hours I'll have consumed this book. And it'll no. be done. But hey, no. listen, there was a benefit at the end of that that I'm not going <laughs> to... I have to say that I have not asked you. I don't read quickly. How how long would you say it takes you to read a, a Harry Potter book? It takes me several days. Mm-hmm. Is that because as an editor you feel like you're just so, you're, you're more attentive to the soaking in of everything? Or is that just your... Be. It could be. It could be. And I, you know, I'm taking notes. But I, I'm also just a slow, I'm a slow reader. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person who races through. You know, that was how I was in elementary school. You know, I would get comments, you know, is, is a slow reader but has excellent retention. <laughs> <laughs> Should be editor in red on top of, on top of, on top of the paper. Um, I have the book here. Have you caught, have you caught anybody snooping looking for the book? Like, how do you protect this thing that is worth so much that's just kind of in this building somewhere before the public or while the public knows it's coming, you know? Well, we have security, very stringent security <laughs> procedures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says with a, with a, with well, a knowing nod. Right. Has anything strange ever happened where you thought that people were sort of like searching for it? Has anything sort of quirky happened because of this book being in this building? Um, you <laughs> know, maybe... <laughs> goes by. You get, you get the same look in your eyes that Joe did when she was trying to hide something. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I just, not that I, you know, I'm a person who, who likes to answer qu- direct questions. So it's hard for me to, to not, but that's not, right. it isn't appropriate for me to, to talk, to about, talk that. about it. So I, I can't. Understandably so. I have to say that, that here's one thing, you know, as, a, as a person, uh, 
that that skill that I had almost none of before Harry Potter, mm -hmm. the ability to not answer a direct question. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is anyone who's my friend will will tell you that I. I'm, I mean, and even you, sitting across from me, not knowing me, can tell. I think you could probably tell that I'm a fairly transparent individual. Um, and you know, of course, I mean, you know, a profession that is all about communication and and clarity, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, what I want most in any interaction is to be understood and to right. be clear and to be helpful. And these are things that are hallmarks of my personality, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's really difficult for me when asked a direct question to not say anything. But I have kind of learned how to do that. Yeah, you just have to. It's interesting that a book has made you guys sort of like secret service agents <laughs> around here. No, <laughs> I still would be a pretty, um, you know, bad secret service <laughs> Over all this time and this unique experience, how do you feel that you personally have changed as an, as an editor? Because of Harry Potter. As an editor? I don't think I've changed at all as an editor. I mean, I think that, that uh, certainly the, the, the process of making a book is, is the process of making a book. And that's different with every book and with every author. And um, the, the joys of that process are, are the same and they're unchanged. Um, you know, I think as a, a publisher, having being the publisher of Harry Potter um, gives me a you know kind of job security. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I, that I would I probably wouldn't have ordinarily had. Um, you know, although I, I I published other prominent authors and illustrators as as well, and I you know I would hope that they would have continued to want to publish with me. Mm -hmm. um, so. I don't know that it has changed that much. Well, have um, what sort of opportunities have come to you as a result of being the editor of the Harry Potter books? I think it's a good question, um, and so I'm, I'm thinking in order to to not be flip about the answer. I think that my my imprint um, and and I as an editor have gained. A visibility right. um, beyond the, the normal circles of literary children's books that I might, I wouldn't have. Right. Um, so, really, I could talk, you know, I think I could introduce myself to any literary agent um, with that, with that line of, I have, an int line, I have a line of introduction, you know, hi, you know, I'm Martin and I'm the publisher of Harry. Uh, you know, that will get at least a nod of recognition. You know, whereas prior to that, you know, with, uh, it, would, it would be a, a, more, a more select group mm -hmm. that would have heard of the, the books and authors and illustrators that I've been involved with. Even if they, you know, are people who have won Caldecott's and um, in major awards and are very important in our circle. Right. Um, the circle of children's books and, you know, is, is a smaller one in general. Um, the circle of people who have heard of J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter is an enormous one. Right. So there's a, at least a line of introduction. Right. Whether it gets me beyond that remains to be seen. Right. Um, I'd like to hope that people think of you know people think of me for great books who 
might not have otherwise. I hope that, that you know, agents and I hope that authors out there are thinking, you know, I've written this really great book. Who should I send it to? Why don't I send it to Arthur Levine? Right. You know, my fear is that people think, oh, he's published Harry Potter, so you know, why would he be interested? And of course, that's not true. Because you never know who the next who the next one is sitting in public assistance in Britain. Right. If Joe publishes her her next book, this children's book that she's been talking about mm-hmm. after Harry Potter, what do you think? As Joe Rowling or pseudonym? <laughs> well, I think that is absolutely up to her. Right. But personally, and frankly, you know, I think it would be completely fine either way. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm really interested in her as a writer. Um, so I'm happy to publish her as a as a you know anonymous pseudonymous writer again. The question I'm fine. I'm sure it's whatever she writes is going to be very very good. The um, the question becomes how long would it remain a <laughs> would it remain a mystery? I think that the the world yeah. sleuths would be out to figure it out. I, I think you know? so. Yeah. Um, but maybe not. I mean, the, one of the the great advantages and privileges of, of Joe's position is that she. She doesn't need, uh, on any level, to be identified as an author of another book mm-hmm. that she's written pseudonymously. She, you know, she doesn't. Well, the she she's she's she has a very very secure ego, so she doesn't need the you know the strokes. Right. Um, she's got a secure income. She doesn't need the, the money. Right. You know. So, so she really has terrific freedom yeah. to write whatever she'd like. She and doesn't need to publish to make a living anymore. She, she doesn't need to publish, right? And she can, if she wants to publish this, you know, under a different name. More power why, to her. Why not? Yeah. So let's do um, fan questions. I feel like we've answered most of the fan questions that we had chosen for this. So I know we're running a little over, very over, actually. Um, so the question is, has Joe indicated, or what do you think, that will the writing of book six be books be faster because it's all planned or slower because she doesn't want to let it go? Would it either has she indicated? Yeah. You know, we'll see. I, either one is completely plausible. Although I will say the fact that it's all planned. I don't know that book seven is any more planned than any of the other books. Mm-hmm. And I think that Joe has the idea of what's going to happen, but I think that she she takes great pleasure in the writing right. of each book. Right. So she's not just kind of mechanically filling in the plots. She's going off and she's writing, and you know I think that that process takes as long as it takes. Right. Um, and it's it's very sensitive of that this this fan to think you know might might there be some you know sadness, I'm sure that she will feel, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't anyone feel, you know, After all this of, time. Yeah, uh, the emotional tug of finishing such a project that was, that's been so dear to her heart. For so long. I can't imagine it would be otherwise. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how that, what kind of impact that will have on, you know, on the writing, on the writing, how the, the speed of her writing. Right. Okay, our next one. What are your personal favorite moments in the series? That's a very difficult question. It's so difficult. I don't know if I can even answer that. But not in a, not for being coy, just that there are so many of them, and I'm like, they're not like 
like up in my memory. Right. Um, I I think that the Dumbledore's conversation with Harry in front of the mirror of Erised is one of my one of my great favorites. Um, oh, I know. Like, how do I pick a moment out of Azkaban and say this was my favorite moment? Yeah. I love it every time McGonagall opens her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> She's so great. Yeah. Um, Especially in book five where she says it screws the other way. <laughs> they were standing up to umbrage scenes that I really loved. It's it's such a melange, you know. It's kind of very difficult for me to pick pick out specific moments yeah. like that. There were many, many of them. Yeah. Okay. When you were finished reading the first book, mm-hmm. were your thoughts? I need to know what happens next, or was it just that you love the book as a whole? Well, I think that's more of a question of order rather than choice. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, clearly that both things were true. Right. Um, it's more. It's not. It's more of my nature to just see each book as an individual unit, you know, mm-hmm. and to be you know, mostly focused on my pleasure in the completion of a you know of a book. That's how I am as a reader. Um, so that's undoubtedly what was my main my main feeling. One of great satisfaction and pleasure. Um, but of course, you know, let's try and find out what happened next. Okay. Um, you know, all the ones that we have chosen, we talked about earlier. So mm-hmm. all our fans. Mm-hmm. So here, um, at the end, we have a segment on podcast, a fan interview. We interview a fan every week, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, we play a little game with them. It's called Live or Die, and we we name a bunch of characters and we say, "What do you think is going to happen to them at the end? Will they live or will they die?" So. Oh, I, I don't wanna... think you should play that. <laughs> because, because it's going to be hard, or? Yeah, I mean, A, it would be hard, and B, I think it would be misleading to the fans, because people think, tend to think. That you know more. Well, let's disclaim this. With... As, no, 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 but I think I, <laughs> I don't think this is a good thing to say. Well, can I ask you if you think that Harry's going to survive the series? You know, I, I can honestly say that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think it's doable without breaking, as they always say, oh, if she does that, she'll break in, the, you know, 10 million hearts. Do you think it's doable at, it, for her to kill him and have it not be something simply heartbreaking? And, you know? No, I think if, if she kills, if Harry dies at the end of the story, it will be heartbreaking. Yeah. I do think that as an author, J.K. Rowling has shown that she's not afraid to tell a story that breaks your heart. I mean, I think that, that is, that's one of the powers of fiction and of writing, is that you know, it can break your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, because life can break your heart. And, you know, and people die in life. And I think that she, well, she's, a, she's a, an emotionally courageous person in that she's not, she's not afraid of that very difficult truth like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that people, that everyone dies. You know, if you stop, you know, no one will dispute that. Right. It's an indisputable fact. Um, do we want to be, you know, how we feel about being confronted by that in, in fiction um, and the fictional characters that we care about? Well, we probably don't, are, are, you know, 
only marginally um, more resistant to that idea in, in fiction that we really care about, care about um, than in our actual quote, real lives. That doesn't mean it won't be so. Right. So, can you can you remember or name another book or series or that has had the main hero die supposedly heroically and it worked? Well, Charlotte's Web. Yeah, yeah there's <laughs> a big one. <laughs> yeah, um, and remember that I don't know if people you know, read that. I've ever read. I reread that a few years ago, and I was struck by um, how E.B. White was so direct about that scene. And when Charlotte dies, she died. You know, he specifically says she died, and she was all alone, and no one even knew what had happened. And I reread this as an adult, and I think once again, you know, wept, copious tears, like I. Was inconsolable. I couldn't believe it was so stark. Yeah. And yet, you know, my memory of the book is it's a book that I loved as a child. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, yeah, it it, it, it it certainly can happen in fiction. And um, again, I would also have to say, even if that weren't true, that wouldn't necessarily mean that Joe Rowling wouldn't do it, right? But I don't know. I mean, it, you know, I don't know what the arc of the, the final arc of the story <laughs> is for her. Yeah. People we care about have already died in these books. You know, so I don't, you know, I, I think that it depends on, on what she wants to say about with the story. And I don't know what that is at the end of the day. Yeah. That's something that will be answered. In other words, we put nothing past her. <laughs> I personally put nothing past her. Well, I, I, you know, I think we have to remember that she is writing a story. You know, and I know that she cares very deeply what her fans think, and you know, she finds ways to talk directly to them. And I think are brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think she cares about that more than anything else, um, really. But at the end of the day, she is writing her book. She's writing. The books that she wanted to write, right. and she has to tell her story, whatever that story is. And I, I think that she has not, in the past, been influenced by what she perceives to be. You know, what people have said, "Oh, you can't, don't do that, you can't do that." You know, because right. people have their feelings. You know, I don't know when Romeo and Juliet had died. If you know. She, Shakespeare had listened, you know, that people have been able to like write to Shakespeare and say, No, don't kill them. They're Romeo and Juliet. You know, we love them. Yeah. You know, that's part of their, their story. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap things up. Thank you, Arthur Levine, for coming on Pottercast. Hopefully this is um You're welcome. I think the fans will really enjoy this. Thank you. Sure, my pleasure. And we're back. What music were you doing? Just that then. Was Gilder Gilderoy Lockhart. Right. Chorus. Okay. Alrighty, peeps. We're here at the end of Pottercast number twenty-four. Twenty-four. 
24, not 55, but 24. 24. What's, what's 24 in Roman XXIV. Oh, very good. Very good. I rock the Romans. Yay. Rock the Romans. We'll win in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So what, what, what's... um. What do we got to remind people of? Oh, oh, do you know what's coming, guys? Do you know what's coming in two weeks? It's a very two special weeks, day. Very day. Special what's coming day. in two weeks? I'll give you a what? hint. His eyes are as green as a pickled toad. It's Valentine's oh. Day. Hey. Okay, so yes, Valentine's Day is oh. coming, and we're going to have a very special gooey lovey show, just like John Noe wanted. Yay, nice and gooey. Gooey and happy. Red hearts Yay. everywhere. Right, yeah. Johnny? Yes. Feel, feel free to send chocolates to the P.O. box. No, they're going to melt. Oh, yeah. For, for Melissa to not share with any of us. No! You know, just come here <laughs> and I'll share them. I've been giving them, I've been giving things away. Yes. Ah! No! I gave cookies to the Salvation Army. Jeez. Aww. Is it time for me to put out my address? Did, did you get I one? I think it might be time. Yeah, I've got an address. I mean, like a P.O. box. I don't need no P.O. box. I got an apartment building. Oh, That's I can't wait until you call me at 4 o'clock in the morning because there's filtering. a crazy girl standing outside your apartment. Do something about it, Melissa. Hey, <laughs> she can't get in here. Oh and if she's gosh. good looking, it's all good. <laughs> what if someone shows up like in one of those towel things, like they did the Radcliffe? You know, do you think York? John's yeah. gonna object no, to that? There you go. Speaking of that, well, let's let's tell everybody what Melissa wouldn't let me do in New York City. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we had all I had all these grand plans when Dan was on TRL. For us to show up in towels outside the TRL studios. That's right. And Melissa threatened me yes. with a termination. I did. If I were to do she that. She did. But you guys can all tell her how funny that yes, would have been. Yes, he would have laughed all the way to the Warner Brothers blacklist, okay? Totally we would have laughed and laughed and laughed. He would have All the way to being blacklisted from Warner Brothers. He would, it would have been hilarious, let me tell you. No. Blacklisted. What? Oh. Any publicity? Except when you're worried about stalking people young children. People still talk Do about that. Do you think anybody's inviting that girl years to the set? Later. <laughs> no. But they know we do it as a joke, not because I want to show Dan being a towel. I wasn't entirely sure of your motivations <laughs> then or now. I would be fully clothed, just in addition with yeah, the towel. Yeah, it's not happening. And if it does, you can go as John Noe. You can't go as Leaky. Terrible. Then I'd kill you. Oh, now you tell me. I would have done it as anything. And I'd be like, oh, who are you? Like, oh, I work for Melissa mm, Nelly. Not Malik so much. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not so I much. <laughs> so you guys yeah. can you guys can send uh, this disgruntled <laughs> email to Melissa about Everybody thinks everything's all great until I make a decision nobody likes. That's why the site is still running, yep. folks. You unpopular one, send all your hate email to Melissa at um, Andrew at Tibbs. No. Or no. <laughs> Andrew at staff.muggle.com. <laughs> Andrew at staff.muggle.com. Send all your hate mail there. Andrew, actually, I should, I should clarify, yes. Andrew has become my assistant, so he will read the email, pass on the really good ones to me. Seriously. Yes. True story. You will. You will. <laughs> Because he, he, oh, because he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't over run there. the site or anything. No, Emerson's so involved. Nothing. No. Oh, anyway, so yeah, so yeah, Valentine's Day is coming, and we're gonna have a great time. We're gonna have shipping talk, free for all shipping talk. We've always sort of like kept it 
strict about the shipping talk because we know how people get crazy. All. No, we're gonna we just talk about it all. So get ready, Harry Hermione people, because we have room for you. We are going to lay down the law about who the ships are. By the end of that cast, there will be oh, no so question. Oh, so wait, it just has to be book shipping? It can't be like, you know, me and Jason Isaacs, right? Oh. No, no staff, staff shipping. shipping. No, none of this, none of this, none of this crazy <laughs> podcaster no shipping weirdness. Shipping. None of that. No podcaster <laughs> and eating utensils. No John and burrito shipping. No. That one, no. Um, uh, well, that one might be allowed. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so we're going to talk about all the character ships that have made you guys swoon over the past. I don't know. Our male audience is going to just go away. No, it's fun. Speaking of audience, have you guys gone to podcast.com and filled out the pod trick yes. uh, survey yet? That's more important than podcast. I did. I did. Much I more. It because we're looking for an advertiser. And if you don't fill that thing out and we get an advertiser and it is something like, I don't know, Joe's Tractor Barn. And you're upset about it's that. Be like Joe's Tractor Barn. <laughs> you you have only tires. yourself to blame for not filling it out. So we're trying yes. to find out what will benefit you. And if you don't fill it out, we have no idea what will benefit you. So mm-hmm. it's in everybody's best interest. And it will help us. And we will really, really appreciate it. Because this is getting harder to do, more expensive to do. We want to do so many things that we can't do because of constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So go fill it out right. and help us out. Yeah. Please. We actually Thank talked you. to Emma's people recently. And they said she would come out for an interview if we had more people fill out the survey at at um, the Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So we'll have more information about the Valentine's <laughs> show next week. You can expect a lot of fun th- fun stuff. We've got a uh, we've got some stuff cooking. Oh, but we should tell them to get ready cool. with Oh yes, calling all filth get out artists. Your pens. This is it's that time Doing again. Valentine's Day Phil, your Potter love songs. Let's hear them. Send them in the usual spot. Staff at podcast.com. Send us any poop. We will air it just to make fun of you. Yeah. What else? Oh, but no, it'd be great. I, <clears throat> I, I, can I sing? Am of I course you. I'm one? singing one. Well, that's a surprise. Ooh, ooh, good. Yep. John know he's gonna sing, everyone. I Woohoo! Will be not great. be singing. No, Melissa's <laughs> gonna do an interpretive dance version Absolutely. of Jenny's Valentine. <laughs> You may or may not see it More likely on your not. iPod, but she'll be doing it. Here's what you do, Phil, people. You have two weeks once again. Or no, actually, you don't have two weeks. When is when is Valentine's Day? Is the 14th? When's the show the that will be on Valentine's Day? 14th. Mm-hmm. The 14th. It just happens to It's actually on, on Valentine's 14th. Day? All right. So you have until yeah. February 9th. Feb 9, 2 9 to send us your filks. You can do that by sending it in a, in a, in a yes. recording to staff at pottercast.com, which actually we tend to end up with the best recordings when, when people do it that way with filks. If yeah. you don't have yeah, a microphone yeah, and your true. only way to do it is over the phone, then go for it. it our phone number is 1-702-42-LEAKY. 1-702-42-LEAKY. And our UK number is the plus 0-207-193-2872. That's 20 Seven one nine three two eight seven two. Send us your filks. I know that you guys have some great and and okay. We're gonna put a note on pottercast.com when we've gotten our quota of my funny Valentine. <laughs> There's plenty of other yes, Valentine's Day songs in there. Plenty of other love songs out there. My funny Valentine. I'm sure you will make a no. wonderful filk, but go for something else. 
You're probably, I mean, if we got ten My Funny Valentines, we're probably only going to play two of them. Yeah, that'd be cool. There's a lot of good songs you can sing. Yeah, that'd what be it'll be fun is, so that's calling all, calling all gurus. Your, your quota is no more than ten filks this time, buddy. Okay, well, no more than ten that's gurus. awesome. Alright guys, I can't wait Me to neither. hear what you've got up your sleeve in the love Debbie department. So cool. I don't know, I don't think we've talked enough this episode, what do you think? Yeah, just, I think we have. I think it's time to mosey on down the road. Oh, is it about that time to call quits? Wow. Well, that, I guess, so ends another exciting episode <laughs> of Pottercast number 24. 24. The best Pottercast 24 we've ever done. That joke is not even remotely funny anymore, John. They're not supposed to be funny. They're supposed to make people smile when they recognize them from previous episodes. Uh, yeah. Mm. Not so much. Well, no one asked you, Melissa. Hey! Well, that's the thing. You're here to entertain. I have a, I, I have a pass. I'm always asked. <laughs> my opinion. That's, that's how this works, John. Your problem is that you talk to me too much to listen to my jokes anymore because I probably end up telling them to you already. We do before. talk to each other a little bit too much. Yeah. Not healthy. My husband's getting annoyed. Yes. And I do not want to piss him off. He's a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, let's leave. Oh, okay. Leave yes, now? let's. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> podcast Have a good week, Alley. everybody. Woohoo! Pod track Don't forget to vote. Pod track. More importantly, if you oh, do one oh, of the two, oh, do pod oh, track. Oh. If you want to do one of the two, do pod track. But do both. And mm-hmm. you'll get a kiss from Melissa. Maybe. A kiss from Melissa for every completed survey. If Vito doesn't mind. Yes, Vito. Vito. I have to ask permission. <laughs> okay. Vito and Nelly. <laughs> I actually don't have a Vito in my family, you know that? None. You should. I have an Enzo, I have a lot of Alfreds. I'm an Alfred, did you know that? Really? My middle, Alfred? One of my middle names is Alfred. I think I knew that. And we'll let people puzzle about why that is. I'm not going to explain it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, bye. All right, bye. Bye. Everybody. Have a good week. Bye. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed. Oh, and about time too. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> ease on down, ease on down the road. Ease on down, ease on the road. <laughs> You carry nothing but your feet alone.